Cause you're only a man And a man's gotta learn to take it Try to believe Though the going gets rough I don't even know if this is the original song Now that I'm thinking about this This sounds like a A knockoff This sounds like the original we always play well, listen, it's okay because we are back with another episode of the Gentleman's Dojo. And I will tell you this, I'm flying solo this week. It feels very weird to be here by myself because Steve Bird is out on the road right now. He's working in Huntsville, Alabama at Stand Up Live. My other co-host, Patrick Keene, is gone as well. So it's just me, Gary Cannon, flying solo for this episode. But, but I'm very excited because I have a guest co-host, a good buddy of mine, that we've done stand-up numerous times together, and he's one of the first guys I met when I started working at the Conan O'Brien Show, ironically, around three years ago this time, and he works at Conan, very funny stand-up, and my co-host for today's show, how about a big hand for Eric Wheelow? How about a big round of applause for Eric Wheelow? Hey, hello, hello. Yep. How are you? Uh, we've done a bunch of shows together. We, we have, have shows coming yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, primarily at Flappers. That's a roundup. That's <laughs> We're Flappers regulars. And Madhouse Comedy Club at the end of March, which will be fun. That's great. Yeah, we'll be out there. So we couldn't think of a better show to share together than this show because uh, our guest today, who's in studio, a lot of people want to call in. They want to phone it in. That's fine, but I call that lazy. This guy lives four miles away and said, hey, listen, I'm busy, but I'm still going to make the trip to come in. And when you make the trip to come in, you get delicious desserts that we provide from the show. That's true. We all got Susie cakes. That is true. Yes. On, on Valentine's Day. On Valentine's I, Day. I have a feeling that you would have given those to me anyways. To anyway. Yeah. I, anyways. I just, just brought them over. Yeah. yeah. You just would have given them to I me. I just would have brought them over. Yeah. Uh, I got to tell you, this guy has been with the Conan O'Brien Show for years and years, which he will explain. He is the music segment producer. This is the guy responsible for booking all of the bands that appear on Conan. The booker. Each and every day. The guy. You want to get onto the show, this is the guy you need to talk to. <laughs> How about a big round of applause for our guest today? Rowie Hershkovitz. How about a big round of applause for Rowie? Hi, gentlemen. Thank you for coming in, by the way. Thank you for having People me. People could phone it in. No, no, you no. decided to come I right won't in. do that. And when I asked you to do it, you were very gracious, said, hey, absolutely. Of course. Let's make this happen. My pleasure. So how long have you been working at the Conan Show for? You've been with the show for a long time. It'll be 18 years. Wow. Uh, in a couple months, yeah. So you started at late night. Started at late night, interned in 99, got hired in uh, May of 2000. Right out of college. What was what was the internship for when you were? Because normally they have the writing internship, yeah. production assistants. I did it twice. I did the general production internship first, and towards the end of that, started to. Uh, are we all getting that? That was me. Was that me? Got it. What was know. that? Um, sorry, I don't know what that was, but it was alarming. <laughs> I should have phoned it in. It's your Boost Mobile phone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I did a general production internship, and then towards the end of that, sort of started spending more time in the control room, and I came back to do a second internship, uh, which was more specializing in the control room and in post-production, and that really is what sort of led me into my first job. Which proves, kids, you can intern and work your way up. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Geez, you went from intern, here we are. Yeah. Now you're and, booking the bands on the show. And I would, you know, there's a lot of our staffers that started as, as interns. I was an intern. Yeah, that's right. And... Now I'm doing cue cards, so there you go. So, so, but, but, were you? And I'm sure you were a fan, but, but of the shows, what made you decide to become an internet Conan? Out of all of the things that were going on in New York at the time, how'd you get invested in that show? Right. Well, proximity for one. I grew up in New Jersey. I was going to college on Long Island, and I knew I wanted to work in television, and I was already very interested in late night and variety and those kind of shows, and. Uh, I, I knew a guy who interned or rather I knew a gal who interned and she set me up for an interview and, and I went in and the guy literally said, oh, you went to Long Island University. Oh yeah, I went there. Sure, you're in. <laughs> and that's how, I, that's how I got my first internship. Did you ever have this kind of grand idea that you would love to keep working there or it was just like, hey, let's just play it by ear. Let's see how the internship goes. Well, I think, I mean, I think everybody has the grand hope or idea of interning, or at least you you should want to work in the profession. That's why you're there. So sure, like I aspired to end up with a job somewhere in television. I didn't think, you know, numbers wise, I didn't think it would work out because that's the other thing. Like a lot of our staffers staffed up from from internships, but we get, I don't know, 200 interns a year. Yeah. And we hire maybe three. Three so, get hired. You know, the numbers are against you. I don't think it was quite that many back in the day, but, you know, it realistically I didn't expect it to work out as well as it did and I was beside myself when it did I was very uh, pleasantly surprised 
So right, and you, then went nowhere for eighteen years, <laughs> and then refused to leave. So when you jump from an internship to an actual paid position, what's yeah. that first paid position that you do? Uh, it was sort of assistant to the director slash DGA staff slash like there was a control room internship, and that sort of turned into the job. And uh, and yeah, I was like helping the director out at the time, Liz Planca, making a lot of like dinner reservations and sort of. Uh, starting to help log post-production tapes and that was the initial task and then as time went on it sort of progressed into lots of other little jobs yeah like what were the jobs that you had over the course of the jobs before you became right so i did assistant to the dga staff they turned that into a post-production coordinator job where i was you know sort of like in charge of the database we were tape based so like you would have a role in for the show and it would go to an edit master i don't want to get too technical and boring about it, but sort of uh, involved in the post-production stuff. At the same time, I also started helping out with the field pieces a lot and the remotes. And then over time, it was like any big Conan remote, I would go and back up our field producer on. And then any like Triumph remote, I would just end up being the field producer on. Oh, wow. Because I think you you just didn't want to do them. So uh, I ended up getting to like do a lot of the uh, Triumph or, or a fair number of the Triumph remotes. And then... Over time, we had a music coordinator, and it was structured a little bit differently. Jim Pitt was our music booker, but he was living in Nashville. Oh, wow. And he was booking the show in New York. And I had filled in a couple of times for the music coordinator at the time, who was assistant to Max Weinberg slash, you know, day of coordinator for the band. And I filled in for her a handful of times, and at one point the show came to me and said, you know, are you interested in taking over? And I knew there was this sort of looming LA transition. And I thought if nothing else, this is going to get me out to LA. Let's try something new, new set of skills. Working in music is not something that is far from, you know, my interests and took over in music coordinating. And then, yeah, that's sort of what brought me out to LA. And I was able to grow that job a little bit, having a production background and strong interest in having spent time in the control room and working with the camera guys and working with the sound, just working with a lot of the different departments and was able to gain a little bit of responsibility for the segment. Um, and then when Jim left, I'm giving you the very short version, but then when, so that, that's what brought us out to the tonight show. Right. Uh, then the tonight show uh, was brief and transitioned into the TBS show and uh, and Jim came out to L.A. for that, um, but I sort of continued my role uh, overseeing the the performance. And then, uh, yeah, and then Jim uh, left the show, and that was the opportunity for me to step up, which the show was very kind in, le- in letting me take a crack at it. But I would think, is there is there this idea that, hey, if Jim doesn't leave, I'm kind of in this position for a while? Because you obviously wanted to do what Jim was doing. And you can't do it unless Jim leaves. Yeah. Every, I, yeah. I will tell you just from what I see, nobody leaves yeah, the show. Yeah, to piggyback off that, it's like working in the Senate. It's like, you know, four years. People are guaranteed. It's a very consistent job. It's one of the most consistent jobs in the industry where you basically get to work year-round. I mean, a lot of these TV shows are six months. So yeah. why would you leave? I will, I, I will say to that end, it never occurred to me that Jim would leave. Uh, I think that was, like, surprising for a lot of people. And I had accepted that. So I wasn't really gunning for that job. Uh, and I don't know that that was really something that I was like, this has to be the next step for me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Certainly I wanted to advance my career and take on, uh, you know, more producerial roles, but, uh, I, I did not foresee that transition happening, uh, at, at the show. So when it did, it was, you know, I was surprised. I mean, would you have pursued another show had you been there another couple of years and been like, hey, I would love to book the be the the segment booker at James Corden or another show? Would you – or listen, we all I, love I, working at Conan. I think I was getting to a point where I was starting to feel like, yeah, you you know, you got to figure out what's next. And there have been a few times in, in my life or in my, you know, career with Conan where you start to go, you know, you want to continue the forward momentum and then – as I was feeling that the first time is when the music thing opened mm-hmm. up and I thought, oh, well, actually, this can be the thing that takes me out to L.A., which was something I was thinking about doing on my own. So then you sort of have this the road gets paved on a little further to go to L.A. And, you know, I've I've also been very lucky that I've been with Conan for 18 years and I've had a terrific time 
you know, working with him, with that show, with those people. I, I have a lot of friends, peers who are in the business who, who work on these kind of shows and you can find yourself out of the job in four months or two years. Like I know people who are much more talented than, than, than I am and are out there looking for work. Mm-hmm. And I am very fortunate that I've been able to be with one guy and one show for, for this long. And he's, and, and I'm preaching to the choir here. You guys know, but like, you know, we have friends on some of those other shows and they're not, some of them are great and some of them are harder. And I feel very, very lucky to be with the guy we're at, we're with now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of these shows you hear, I mean, they're yeah, just, just horror stories. I yeah. Mean. Yeah. Ellen. Um, <laughs> uh, right. Don't cross when she's making the left turn. Yeah. Uh, I won't knock her. Her security guard will tackle you. We talked about this. I give the benefit of the doubt. (laughs) They do the, can can I say the thing? Sure. Yeah. They do this thing when you leave the lot and Ellen shoots on our lot where the security, thank you, Warner Brothers Burbank and the security and she has like some pretty detailed security and, and they come out and they hold the traffic up from crossing the street while she pulls off the lot. Public in her, street. In her very nice car. And yeah, it's a public illegally. street. Yeah. And uh, I think not unlike a lot of people, Gary's like, Because <laughs> <laughs> hmm, Roy and I were arguing. Yeah. yeah. And I said, you know, because I like to give the benefit, of the benefit of the doubt and working with this sort of revolving door of artists, I'm like, I bet you one day she was pulling off the lot and some excited fan who was exiting her show saw her and ran up to the car and scared the shit out of her. Uh, can I say shit? Sure. And <laughs> yeah. And so security was like, well, that's not going to happen again. And so that's why that's the rule. So I, I try not to shit on Ellen for them holding up security. I think it's probably for her security. Yeah. She has the right to be I protected. Will say, I will say she does have tinted windows. It's hard to see that it is her in there. Yeah. You can't really. All right. just the, and, and I will tell you that. Yeah. Well, now we know why they're tinted. The fan who came running up to her was, was Gary Cannon. <laughs> yeah, it was Gary Cannon. <laughs> I learned so yeah. on a TV, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> bring it, were you bringing her Susie Cakes? Well, Gary, you were telling me the story that this was happening, and you're walking out with some people from Ellen that you actually knew. Yes. And uh, what was the comment you made as a car? I said, hey, look, here comes royalty. Yeah. And the people who were with the Ellen show couldn't have distanced themselves from me any quicker. (laughs) More than usual. We were all joking on the curb. Hey, what are you guys doing this weekend? And then I yelled that. And they couldn't have moved any closer to the smokehouse. <laughs> so that daytime so, vibe is so... It's, it's different. It's such its own... And the fans are different, and the vibe of the show yeah. is different, and the... You know, that's why that... It's, it's crazy the things you pick up on, too. It's like we park in the structure, and when you can't park downstairs, you know she's giving TVs away. Right. Yes. Like that's the day. Yeah. 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 So but. so Jim ends up leaving the show. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they get back to it. Sorry. And, and how... Exci- like... I, obviously, you're excited that he's got. He, Jim goes to the Jimmy Kimmel show. Yeah. How excited are you? Because now you know, are you are you also worried it's that maybe crazy. they're not gonna they're not gonna promote? Well, you? they would be. You know, I had not been a booker before. I had yeah. not been exercising that muscle. I've been I've been a part of the process and working. You know, in between Jim and the bands, I, I you know I know all the players involved, and you know was not entirely disliked or at least enough for them to, to give me the shot. But it, it was so unexpected to answer your question. It was like, you know, it was like, it was like, uh, you know, that thing, uh, who is it? 50 cent just got like $7 million. He didn't know he had for Bitcoin. Yeah, Bitcoin. It yeah. was like, it was like finding out you, you won the lottery and you're like, I never bought the ticket. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of what it felt like. Like I, I had no idea that was coming. I wasn't really aspiring to, to, take over in that department and was thrilled because you know uh it's yeah it's like it's like it's like realizing you get to do something you didn't necessarily utter out loud that's the thing i want to do i think that's what's great about conan is it's a very loyal show it's willing to give you the opportunity to fail like let's give this a shot see what happens you know like and then they'll get there with me i'm sure were there any nerves coming into the job obviously not doing it before was there a training process with jim showing you some of the things that he does yeah i think i don't know i don't know it was it was all very zen Uh, you know there was the desire to not fuck it up yeah uh, obviously. And, you know, everything I went and spoke to Jim about, he was very sort of zen and was just like, that sounds great. That makes perfect, you know, hey, I'm thinking of doing this. And he goes, that's, that makes sense. And that was sort of it. And then there was one or two sort of weird things early on. And I went to Conan and said, I, I'm thinking about doing this thing. And I think it's kind of weird, but it could be cool. And he was just like, I think that's great. 
and so yeah it's been it's been that i don't know i i really never had the opportunity to get nervous mm -hmm. it was just it was happening and then you're you're booking i'm still overseeing production so you're you don't really get a lot of time to overthink anything or i don't know does that make sense yeah because here's what i think is interesting if if we have a comic on the show and the comic doesn't do well yeah. right I think maybe our comedy booker might feel the tension of that. Might, yeah. might feel like, oh, I made a mistake, right? Has there been a band on that – again, the band isn't going to bomb, so to speak, right? But oh, maybe, I think a band can bomb. Yeah. You think so? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think – I think we've had performances, a couple of them, where I, I wished it was better or I think – Oftentimes what happens with younger bands is you sort of get the best pass at the end of rehearsal. You mm -hmm. probably see it a lot, Eric, is like the last pass of rehearsal, you're like, oh, this is great. And then they go sit around for seven hours and then come out and do it cold in front of an audience. And you go, ah, just a little, it was a little something missing. So I, it, I, we haven't had any, I, have, I haven't had any like disastrous, you know, nobody shit the bed yet. Um, but there's but definitely it, nerves. I mean, people come out it, here and they're like, this is our opportunity sure. to showcase what we're doing. And they tighten up. And musically, it's like the looser you are, almost the better, you know? Yeah. And, and learning how to do TV, I would assume a lot like being a stand-up. It's one thing to be in the clubs. And it's another thing to be doing a set on television, which is a whole different vibe. And it's one thing to be playing a concert at a club uh, or at a venue or to be at a TV show where you're, like I said, you're sitting around all day and then you come out and you have your three and a half or four minutes you don't have four songs to warm up you're just sort of coming out cold and that's its own sort of skill you know there's a it's it's its own rhythm and uh to a younger band who's not used to that you know it can be a little bit different mm -hmm. so they have a drink or two before they that's come out. true yeah also there's bands that you know this is all blocked. There's a director who has the shots locked down. They're going to call to him at certain points. And there's some bands that come in and just totally own it. And now they're running all over the stage. And, you know, it's kind of on the fly at that point. Yeah. Was that a question? Oh, sorry. No, <laughs> I said just on the opposite end of that. It, you know, some oh, yeah. people are too tight and some people are loose. And that yeah, can even which is throw nice things off when a little see, bit. But. Like, yeah, when you see like Albert Hammond Jr. was on and he was definitely owning the space and mm -hmm sort of a saunter would you call it a saunter it was a saunter he was yeah. sauntering about and uh and yeah giving a more commanding performance uh and there's a guy who's done a lot of tv and sort of knows how to maximize the space so yeah it's interesting because i've worked on other late night shows where they'll do the song two or three times yeah the same song they'll just run oh, it during the during the taping they'll run it again i don't want that yeah i i and i've noticed yeah. that unless there's a huge slip up yeah there's we we do it one and done that's it I we mean, do it one and done and 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 i'll tell you if there's some significant issue we'll usually release the audience before doing it again just because the time it can take to reset you know it can feel like it can feel like hours the one the one time we had a mia was on ooh. I don't know if I should have said that. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> MIA was on the show. Uh, not her fault, but definitely uh, somebody in her camp in charge of production's fault who, um, you know, they were using some track for playback and they didn't. It's just one of these stupid technical things where they didn't dismount the playback tracks the right way. And so when they came out for the show, they went to fire it and there was just no tracks. I'm like, oh, OK, well, let's just fire that back up. We were out there for seven and a half minutes during a commercial break trying to suss out their problem for them. And I've never sweat so much in my life that, you know, than I did in those seven and a half minutes, which is why now we're like, everything's redundant. We put stuff up on risers, like we test stuff out. Before, you know, we want it, we want them to come out and everything to be absolutely ready so that we don't have to retape stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm curious because that's not fun because and our audience wouldn't know this, but sometimes because of complications with scheduling and hosting with Conan, we sometimes have to shoot a band on a Thursday morning without an audience. Right. Yeah, sure. So, so how is What's that? How is that to the band? Are they looking? Because that, that's kind of a bummer, yeah. maybe because yeah. they're not going to get to interact with Conan. There's no audience. It's a great question. It is. And it isn't a bummer. It is a bummer because they're like, oh, man, no audience or they don't get to do the exchange with Conan. You know, the, that's the downside. The upside is you get to shoot that thing three times. Yeah, as many until, times as you yeah, want. Yeah. Like, you know, and we have done like sometimes three or four where it's just like, hey, do you want another? We're here. We've got time. We're not doing a show. So, you know, you get you have that 
opportunity and it takes all the pressure off and they can write, find the right take in, in a couple of, I will say with doing a thing in front of the audience, the, the one thing that has happened a couple of times, which you end up discovering is nice after the fact is a younger band. They'll come out, something will go wrong. They stop. They're like, Oh, can we restart? And they'll restart. But there's something about going out, messing up that then lets them relax for the second take and you end up getting this sort of magical great take and I think it's a result of of coming out and you know hitting clam I remember I, when I worked at Carson Daly and, and that was an all paid audience it was all people that is that were, right all paid all paid Rarely. wait in New, York, in New York no here in LA when they taped it in Burbank this would have been you know 2005 the Carson Daly studio show yeah, shot way. out here yep. yeah yeah it was literally because it shot in Thirty Rock too with yep. the audience. So then, then they, when moved, they moved it here. Oh, that was kind of my first real full time gig. And you did warm up on it. Did warm up on it for about four oh, years. I didn't know that. And it was all paid most of the time, unless they had a huge band like Fall Out Boy or Panic at the Disco. Right. But it was an all paid audience, and I remember I can't remember what band we had on, but the band did the song, and then the audience is standing now because the quicker they get out, the quicker they can get paid. And be at the Arco station buying a hot dog. <laughs> so they're literally rushing out the door. And I have to make the announcement. There was a kind of a mess up with the song. Uh -huh. We have to do it again. And you can hear the audience members loudly yelling, this is bullshit. This sucks. The band stinks. And it's just like, guys, like, they're right there. I have and, so many and questions. These, yeah. these derelicts could have cared less. They're just looking to beeline towards the exit door. Was Carson still doing comedy at that time? Like he, because yes. for a while he was doing monologues and some sketch. He was yes. still doing that. Yes. And how and were those audiences? Trying comedy still to st him. Still bad. Oh. Still bad. And they knew it. I mean, there are some shows out there that have paid audiences, but the host would never know. I think Carson was very aware that it was a paid audience. He's a smart guy. I, I like him I think, a lot. I think he knew. He I, I never understood oblivious. why he was trying that comedy thing so hard. But then they switched it. And boy, did it work. I thought it worked out so well. It was still it on turned the into the show he always should have been doing. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think he maybe was competing for like a, a you know what we think of as the late night hosting jobs. And that wasn't his... His bag. That wasn't his strength. I think he thought at some point that he might get like the twelve thirty right, spot. Right, right. When that didn't happen, I remember they made the announcement that he didn't get it. This may be when Fallon got it. Right. And we walked into the studio like the next day and the desk was gone. Like they were oh, they man. were bulldozing stuff as we were walking in for our call times. Just yeah, we bulldozing. Us, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They were bulldozing it all. And we were told the studio audience is going down from 200 to like 35. No more monologue. He's going to come out and just toss to clips on the on the street. And that was kind of the beginning of the end. And then he made the show what it is now. Where and it's, it's still on. still on. And, and it's he great. He just does the intros. He just does the uh, the teasers. And he's got Idol. Got, and uh, he's been doing his – or sorry, voice. Yeah. And he does a morning show. He's got the Today Show. I mean – But it's again, great. like – But he was the guy that right. – I mean, but he broke a lot of bands too. I mean, he sure. was – You know, well, I, I will never forget this. Uh, on Thursday nights, we would do an hour show. So we would have a guest, um, uh, a stand-up comic, and then a musical act. A buddy of mine, Mike Young, who's a stand-up comic, he was the comic before the band. The band had the band was Panic at the Disco, I think. They were making their debut with us. Great band. Mike Young could have had the best set as a stand-up in the history of Conan uh, because there were 200 rabid Panic at the Disco fans right. that couldn't wait for him to get done any quicker. So they could see their band. That's the other thing. You talked about a bad audience. Well, with these bigger bands with a big following, that becomes a big issue on our oh, show. This man. is a comedy show for three-fourths you know, of yeah. the time. And right. a lot of times it's a dead audience. I mean, you know it warming them up. You're like, they're here to see the band. And Is that really a thing you say? What How many times have you said that? Have you have you thought to yourself, it's the band? They're here to see the band. I think there are sometimes where it's very obvious. Like, yeah, and, and you like the first couple guests get a nice applause. Right. the band gets a over the top going yeah. crazy. Yeah. In, yeah. Um, but I would I would like to think that they're still vested for the first fifty minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I would like to think that a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but it's hard to say. I mean, listen, if you know, you can't. No matter what you tell people, they're still going to do what they want to do. You know what I mean? I'm so glad we're talking about it because I've overanalyzed this shit. Oh, this. yeah. I mean, but, uh, you know, there's there's a first of all, I think that, you know, there's allowed to be an overlap between young audiences here to see a younger band and comedy. But also I, I've seen this debate like are they is it a band audience? 
what I think happens a lot is like, you know, the audience has like six or eight guests in the audience. Uh, excuse me, the band has a couple of, you know, so their mom or their uncle or whatever flew in from New York to see them play on a show. And so when they say the name of the band, the family section goes nuts. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm like, is that the thing that's throwing people off and everybody thinks they're here for the band? Do you remember or care to say any band in particular that you I, think? I don't remember, but I do know that when you mention it, they do go pretty, and you're like, oh, okay. I mean, Yeah, and sometimes they are. Sometimes it's, you know, yeah, we're fortunate enough to get a band that is, you know, that there's a lot of we just rabid had, fans uh, for. Judah, Judah and the Lion. Dude, that was one of them. I mean, yeah. I sit there as Conan reads the billboard, and, you know, he goes through first yeah. guest, second guest, billboards, the musical guest, and the crowd just went crazy. Yeah. And sometimes I can just feel, like, Conan's look. It's a look to our executive yeah. producer, Jeff Price. Like, don't whoop too loudly. Don't whoop too loudly. Yeah. But, but yeah. I will say, like, I've done other shows, and you see, like, you start, like, like warming up sitcoms. And you start talking to people in the audience and they're friends and family of the cast and crew. Uh And sometimes on the opposite end, they're the worst audience members because they feel like they don't have to participate. They can sit around doing nothing. Hey, well, I remember two people, a couple, they weren't laughing. They were just dicks. And I was like, where are you guys from? Like, I thought they were from another country. They're like, Santa Monica. And I was like, oh, what are you doing here? And they're like, oh, we're friends with so-and-so, the producer. My rule for a long time was... If people would ask me for tickets to the show, like family, friends, whatever, they go, oh, how much are tickets? And I'd go, oh, you know what? There aren't any. It's like if you didn't look it up on your own, oh, yeah. you know, like they, they don't even watch the show, but they just know somebody on the inside. So they want to be like, oh, get me tickets because I want to go to that thing. But you don't give a shit about the show. Right. Nah, it's probably not going to work out because I, I would never put somebody in the audience that I, you know, that didn't want to be there. Yeah, that was Letterman's rule. Nobody, nobody that was a VIP could sit in the orchestra pit. They all went into the balcony. That's a great rule. Always. Mm-hmm. There was that, never, never any. I brought a buddy to a show one time. He came in uh, perfectly fine. At the end of the show, he was high as shit. I'm like, what, what, what were you doing the last hour? And then I realized, like, he was doing edibles. Yeah. Like, in the audience. I'm <laughs> you like, got to time those. Yeah, I mean, oh you really God, do. It's just so crazy. So I'm sure that you get that. I'm sure that you hear a little bit of the feedback. Like, hey, it was a band crowd. Or it was like, you know. I'm, I'm You're not a ton. I mean. I suspect it more than I hear it. Sure. Where I wonder, is that what we're thinking? Because that's a weird thing also. Like, it's a band crowd. Well, you want a crowd. You want a band that draws a crowd. And like I said, you hope that there's like an overlap between comedy and music, which we all know exists. But, I also think uh, it can be used as a crutch a lot of the time of just like, we didn't have great comedy that day. Oh, you, you said know? It, not me. Yeah, I, I mean, sure. uh, hey. I don't know what you're talking about. That's I'll be a, the asshole. That's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> 18, 18 years. 18 years. I yeah. Never said anything uh, like I got that. about 18 more minutes. Yeah. I actually just got an email and, and fired. And, and, and by the way, uh, since Dr. Ken isn't coming back, I disagree with that statement. <laughs> Oh, way to go. Thanks. Everybody's um, throwing Eric under the bus That's true. Right now. Uh, I think we're winding down time. And a, a big question that people probably well, want to know is... But, by the okay. way, I just I just remember at, at Carson Daly, and we can run over, but I just remember at Carson Daly when you pull up to the gate, there were two lines. And one line would have a couple of people, and then there would be another line with just like a ton of people. So like you could tell like where the paid people were. Right. Because like the paid people would all have to wait out in the street. And then the two ticketed people... Would be would be right there. It was just really interesting how you're like, oh, it's all paid today. Right. Or then we'd see a big line and it wouldn't be. So it, this is what I was going to ask you: How <laughs> can you book bands autonomously, or do you need like a secondary opinion? Right. What's kind of the thought with that? Uh, the sort of the way it works is, and and now that we've we're getting on to like a year, and 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 uh, there's a little bit of comfort between Conan, Jeff Ross, our executive producer, and myself. I don't have to uh, necessarily answer for everything I'm doing, but I don't want to be asked to answer for everything I'm do- for anything I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Really, like we want to push the envelope. We're always we've always been the show that can take chances. We've always been the show that can break new bands. That's hugely, to, you know, that's Jim Pitt right there. That's you know a long. Um, was it 20 something years, you know, of, of him sort of building that brand and that taste where we're, I think the most eclectic, we do a lot of stuff you don't get to see on other shows and we get to push the envelope. But also, you, you know, I don't want to put myself in some situation where somebody goes, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, can you come here and tell me what that, what just happened on our air? And that hasn't, you know, I haven't gotten there yet. I, I also, what was the thing? I always remember 
Patrick Wolf is the example I always use. There was this guy, uh, Patrick Wolf, who was on in New York, and the the performance ended with him in like like a spandex overall unitard covered in glitter, like rolling around on the floor while somebody was playing a theremin and somebody else was playing a trombone, and it was just sort of the craziest performance you'd ever seen. And Conan like loved it. He just because it was original and because. There was something happening, and, and it was you know it was a great song too. Accident Emergency, I believe, is the name of the song, and um, and Conan like really dug it, and and I always found that to be really comforting and in, in a sense freeing. You don't want to do that twice a week, but every once in a while you got to go. Let's keep them guessing a little bit, mm-hmm. like and and you want to you want to do that, and uh, on the other you know. You don't just want to do alt and indie bands. You also want to do like it's fun to do a fucking club banger you know hit i love hits too you know or um you know like pop like it's fun to do just a a, an over-the-top sugary pop song too and and every once in a while we get to do that so we mix it up yeah i gotta tell you like eric and i talked about this earth wind and fire yeah oh they're fantastic i mean that was just amazing medley uh brian setzer when they came on oh did the christmas so brian setzer christmas i think that used to happen more or almost annually, I mean, for the Christmas, but I think for a while they were doing it most Christmases in New York, but that's like a huge, huge undertaking just because with that number of people up on stage. And you're pulling them in off of a day that they could be working because they, they yeah, and those work guys, every night in December, I'm and sure. And they, they, you know, for a lot of the, I think the guys in the band, that's, you know, that covers them for the years. Mm-hmm. They, they, they tour hard. That's the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but, so how do you, so... For example, we know how comedy gets booked. People yeah. send in a five-minute tape. People get reviewed. Take out this joke. Add this joke. Boom, 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 boom. I'm in a band. How would I yeah. even get my stuff to you? How would I even? Yeah. You know, like, like how does that work? I mean, Great. How- uh, the, that's the question I'm probably most often asked. And my new answer uh, is your publicist should <laughs> submit it. And the reason I say that is because there's – You know, I get so much stuff from bands. Hey, we're a new band. Check us out. My thing went viral. And you, I'm not, I don't want to take away from any of that. And you want to review that kind of stuff as much as you possibly can. But dear God, the sheer volume of stuff that gets sent in makes it really hard. And what you need is a filter. And that's where publicists come in. Uh, Television late night talk shows are primarily booked uh, on the band side through their publicist. And the difference between me getting a submission from, hey, we're a band, check us out, to, hey, I'm working with this band, check them out, is a pretty significant difference. And I don't mean just like, you know, a publicist you got out of Craigslist, but somebody who has some legitimate clients mm-hmm. and those submissions are ones you can sort of take more time with because you trust the filter of the publicist, hopefully, especially ones you work with more often, that they know what we do and what we don't do on our show. Uh, So, you know, we all like to see buzz. uh, You know, I get all this stuff that's like, I've got this many subscribers and this many this, but, you know, the music is maybe not great or maybe it's just not a great match for our show. So you want all that stuff to sort of come together, but uh, the new answer for that is your publicist should submit it for you. Because also, if you if you're a young band and you don't have a publicist, you probably have a little a little bit more growing to do before you know uh, we can consider you for a for a late night talk show appearance. On the other end of that, is there a lot of I with working with that publicist in order to land one of their bigger fish? Do you kind of have to play ball and book some of the bands that they may want you know, to get more exposure in the moment? Or I know stuff like that happens. Uh, I haven't seen that exercised. And, you know, I've been at this post for less than a year, but I have not seen anything that, you know, that clean, that literal, that yeah. like, you know. Point blank, you're not getting yeah, them unless play, you like, book them. Let's play ball kind yeah. of a deal. <clears throat> that really hasn't hasn't come up yet it might but i haven't i haven't seen it you know right now we're you know we're just trying to go on what works best for our show Mm -hmm. and usually that's is it a good song is it something you want to hear a fair amount of stuff gets pitched and it's a little too avant-garde or it's a little too 
fucking depressing for you know to end a late night show on sometimes it's great to do like a weird weepy thing but that's like i said sometimes you know well it's it's also weird too because our comedy booker jp buck he can go out to a comedy club and see 15 guys in one night yeah and maybe make a determination way like i I can work with that one that looks sure ready yeah I mean, how do you, because obviously you can't go see 15 bands in a night. Well, you can go to festivals. Yeah. If I'm not drinking, I can be in and out of a show in like, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes. Like, I like. Uh, but then that's no drinking. Well, yeah. If then you're not, ha- well, you know, <laughs> you're not, you're not who hanging. Wants be, you're yeah, not who hanging. wants to be in Silver Lake on a Tuesday at nine o'clock and not be drinking? But, Are you out a lot checking out? It varies. I mean, some, yeah. some months I'm out a ton and other, it's sort of, you know, I'm family man and there's kids and schedules and my wife's a touring musician and so we're all sort of working it out together and there are opportunities where you can go and see more stuff and there's weeks where that's harder uh to do but festivals are also proving to be like a great way to go see a lot of bands but also you know bands who are already up on the festival circuit have already sort of broke in some way but there's yeah i don't know there's you just keep trying to go see as much stuff as you can comfortably. I mean, how, how many emails are you getting a day? You oh, must be God. getting just tons. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I would say more than 250 a day. A day. Yeah. I wow. mean, a fair amount of those are just press releases and you want to look through them. But I would say, you know, over 100 that are just uh, or nearly 100 that are just, hey, what do you think of this band? Check this out. Listen to this thing. Here's some recent press that they got. And that's kind of the the nicest version of the way the package can be teed up for you to look at is, like I said, some of that information, those stats or whatever, but also, you know, you sort of know when you're listening to something if this is something you want to hear again or if it's something you haven't heard, you think more people should get a chance to hear a band you know, you, you can like tell this. pretty quickly. I think so. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think so. And sometimes you think, oh, I, maybe I made a snap judgment. Maybe that was a little too quick. And you hear something a second time around, and maybe you know uh, you'll change your mind. But I don't know. If I'm really cranking through stuff and trying to listen, then yeah, you can sort of make a decision uh, pretty quickly if you think this is something that works for your air and also is it good. Because I would also think too, are, are there been times where you got a submission from a band? passed on it they kept resubmitting trying again uh switched up the song choices and then you're like yeah now you're ready with this song yeah yeah that's so happened that can, that can yeah and it's all and, but again i mean i think in what people song choice is a big song choice is a big thing for me a lot of times with we're with a with a younger band um and i wonder sometimes if if, if i'm rude to not insist, but request a different song. I don't want to be rude, but also I'm thinking about our show. And I, if there's one thing I know, it's our our air mm-hmm. and what works for us. And so when you have a younger band and they want to do song A, and you go, you know what, the fourth the fourth track would actually be the one. Like, and so for a younger band, you know. Sing, they're more they're, they might be more open to suggestion and that might help. Right. But I don't I try not to get into that stuff too often, but sometimes you just have to go, you know, that song's not going to work, but if you guys want to do this, let me know. I think it's also funny too because and what people ask us is like, "Hey, I can't seem to get booked on Conan. I'm not getting much of a response from your booker, this that and the other thing." It's like, "Well, listen, there's other shows out there." Who says there. that to you? <laughs> <laughs> Eric, there's other shows out there. Why not try to submit somewhere else? By the way, we're in this Virtual age of technology. Yeah, well, throw something sad... on YouTube. Throw some, like there's yeah. other ways to get noticed rather than that. You know, hey, I'm going to keep submitting, submitting, even yeah. though I'm not getting a response. Why not try something? Different? Well, I do try to respond, uh, and you know, unfortunately, you can't respond to everybody. I do try to take the time to let people know. Um, you know, either way, and sometimes you don't because you're just still thinking about it. But the unfortunate reality is, you just can't. We can't book everybody. Right. I wish I and I wish I had more slots. There's more great things happening. Mm-hmm. I would love to put on our air. There are more bands out there. I would love to have on. I just don't have the dates for them. You know, we just don't do enough shows. There aren't enough days in the right. week 
to get to all the good music that's out there. Was there a band that you passed on and then months later saw them on another show and you're like, shit, I missed the mark sure. on that one? Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't miss the mark. There have been bands where we just didn't have a date for them. And, but, you know, my attempt to be very zen about all that stuff is like uh, Jacob Banks is a great example. Super talented, great guy. Would still love to have him back on the show. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I got onto him, I would say, early on, and we tried to have him on the show. And the dates, dates just didn't line up, and it didn't work out. And then they said, by the way, he's in New York, and he's going to do Seth Meyers. I'm thrilled for him. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, is it that important to me that we scooped that, you know, up and up and comer? He's, you know, he's, he's breaking through. He's doing his thing, and he's great. I'm super happy for him that he got on a late night talk show. I think what's good for business is good for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I try to hold on to that. I really, you can't spend your time, you know, uh, you would drive yourself crazy, you know, trying to think about it that way. It is competitive, but at the same time, you know, you want a little bit of good sportsmanship and what's good for business is good for everybody. Right. Well, I mean, what do you think? Do you think, because I, I, I look at it from the comedy side and from the, the music side, if if your band gets on the show, our show, any late night show, what does that do? Because years ago, you would look back and say Johnny Carson was the key for breaking comics in. Somebody gets on your show, somebody gets on Conan, somebody gets on Fallout. What does that do for their career? What is that, how does well, it move to the next level? There was a nice... Uh... I think New York Times or no, somebody did a nice write up a couple of years ago about the Conan bump where they quantified exactly what that does. But um, I think that, you know, and again, this is, you know, big thanks to, to, to Jim Pitt for killing it for, for 20 some odd years is there's a lot of street cred. And I hear it a lot from the bands that play our show where they're like, this is our favorite show to do. We, you know, we love this show. Well, I mean, they're there, so it'd be rude not to. <laughs> Let's be realistic. But um, I think that we've sort of earned our place in the music community as far as having decent taste, um, being able to break bands. And that means a lot to, to, to even more established bands. They want to know that the new young band that they meet that's opening for them that's on the way up has a, has a spot to break through. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we shine. I think that that's an opportunity we've been allowed to give to lots of bands on their way up and and we'd like to continue to do that and by the way just off the top of your head like top five bands that you would love to have on the show either they've agreed to do it or you'd love to have them on yeah what's what's, yeah what do you think uh, oh god my dream top five uh, well, I'll say Jamiroquai because that's been <laughs> that'd be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> their new been, record's awesome. It's been coming yeah. up a lot lately, and he's uh, or they, I should say, are returning to uh, the U.S. after like many years of not being here. So uh, I think that would be rad. Uh, other bands that would be great. God, I, I don't know, man. It's there's you can't pick your top five. I mean. Can I tell you the top five <laughs> that I that I that I lo- liked working? It's hard to yeah. Or maybe uh, who you're looking forward to that's going to be on the show? Who's coming up? Oh, that's even worse. Uh, oh, because then you're playing favorites. Well, because okay. I also because yeah. it's not announced yet, so I don't. Oh, know. I don't okay. know when we're going to air and what's been. Uh... Right, because like you said, it's like because our production schedule got cut a little bit. You're only doing a couple bands now per week, so there's there's a limited number of spots. That's the bottom line. Yeah, so and also stuff that gets in the stuff that's in the works. You find out it would be like talking about your comedy pilot that you shot before, before you got picked up. Yeah, or like, exactly where you're just like, I mean, I spend a fair amount of time working on some some stuff that falls through after two months, and you go, fuck. Would have been. Yeah, I mean, we that would have been a lot of fun, but that's part of the. That's just part of the the game where you spend a lot. Of, you know, things will fall through two days before it's going to happen. Yeah. So unfortunately, you know, you sometimes shit just doesn't work out. And just as a music guy, who are your top three favorite bands to see live? Okay. Uh, man, these this is Foo Fighters. Yeah, because I love Amazing. I love me some rock. Yeah, and uh, and they do rock. I just saw Tom Petty uh, before he passed, and that was always uh, 
you know at the bowl at the bowl yeah yeah and then before that at the garden and um god i should have these answer i mean i was i was i was a big fish fan in college uh i cut my dreads but <laughs> i always like going back and seeing a fish show it sort of mellows me out and not in the i mean i don't mean in the obvious way i mean it's just a it's a nice experience and a good easy hang because I, I spend so much time running around and going to see shows for work it's nice to just right. sort of, you know chill and enjoy the show and by the way i will say for me if i had a guilty pleasure go on music my yes. guilty pleasure it would be barry manilow who would be your guilty pleasure? <laughs> I don't feel I wouldn't feel guilty about seeing no. a Barry Man. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought I'd maybe feel it was... great. Like Jamiroquai, I think in some ways would be like considered a guilty pleasure, but fuck that. It's just yeah. like if you enjoy it and it's great. That's what I was saying the thing before about like pop stuff and club bangers and like whatever. It's just like if you love it, then it's good. You don't need to run that past anybody else. Yeah, like, exactly. If you if you like it, then it's good. Eric will be your uh they're actually on the show. I'm, I'm like an old school punk guy, so whenever Rancid on, it's just an amazing oh, opportunity, man, yeah. man. I love I it. I love those guys. Yeah, they're just so much fun. And I got to be honest with you. They fucking rock, and they're great musicians, yeah. man. I thought, because they were doing a lot of touring on late night shows around Christmas, and I thought Hanson was going to come on our show. They've been on before. Yeah. I don't know why I leaned away from the mic. They've been I, on before. I was like, Shit. yeah, but, they do. They, I mean, good for them. They still get to make the rounds and yeah. put out music and... Uh, you never know. You think they open or close with Umbop? <sighs> Can't they do both? They got to do both. Can't two things both. be true? They're yeah. more than that, Gary. They do Umbop, take a break, come back and close with Umbop. Final question, unless you have something. I, I got a, a big one, but maybe no. we can wrap it up real quick. No, Just it. on the artistic uh, side of it. You know, every band has a look. They have a backdrop. Uh, who's responsible Are you for that? you going to pitch your band? No, no, no. I'm, I know Christopher, Christopher oh. Gumas is... Yeah, artistic so, director. How does that all come together? The way it works. Who comes up with the concept? Great question. Uh, we now have a new environment, uh, a, a new sort of performance area. So it's mostly tied into lighting, which is our LD Rob Hume. Um, we are, you know, uh, Chris designed the space overall. And now the way it works is we sort of have a nice amount of stuff we can do artistically scenically based on the f the lighting fixtures that are in there mm -hmm. so um i send the stuff to rob in advance and usually you know let him get a, a feel for it um i'll usually send like a live performance of the band if i find a really good one that reflects what they're going for or sometimes the bands will let us know like hey no pink lights or you know like we prefer purple like you sort of get a hint but we're sort of looking to take what the band does live and their look live and be faithful to that and at the same time adapt it yeah you know within the parameters of our show because stuff you do live doesn't necessarily work on a TV show by the way i had no idea that we had kept you this long i got to tell you i thought we were at like the 30 minute mark we, we nerd out man i mean yeah oh my god we i did talk, i say too much no i no. could talk to you for hours yeah we could oh, yeah, yeah 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 after Eric trashed the comedy segments on Conan, really, <laughs> we defended Ellen for making the left turn. I mean, I don't know where to go from here. Uh, thank you, by the way. Thanks I mean, so much, I, Thank you so much. This was a pleasure. So happy for your promotion. And uh, you. now you it. get to have this job that you have probably been wanting for a long time. And everybody wins in the situation. Yeah. By the way, one last thing. You, you ever get like a big band that comes in, they're in the green room. And the one guy who, you know, is probably way in the back that you're not even going to see on camera is the biggest diva sure. in the group all the time, right? Uh, it, we've, yeah, you do see that. Oh, you, sometimes it's just the band. We're like the band that's been around and been, um, you know, like I'll say, like Lindsey Buckingham is a guy who I would hear a lot of stories about how he was not a lot of uh, pleasant, like he was kind of a grumpy dude. Yeah, mm -hmm. he came in. He was the sweetest, oh, wow. cat, nicest guy. the nicest guy. And on the flip side of that, you get sometimes some young band on the way up, right. and boy, you're like, I can't wait for your 15 minutes to end because you guys are a bunch of dicks. Wow. But you know, sometimes you need that, and sometimes you know, sometimes you get a band their third time around, and you're like, hey, they finally mellowed out. They're a great group of dudes. They just needed to spend a couple years sweating it out. To sort of figure out how to mellow out, but you don't you don't kind of play like, hey, you guys got to calm. You know what I'm saying? You just let them no. do their thing. No, I don't. I don't. It. My listen. My job is to accommodate 
the band yeah. and to you know they're taking the time sorry i know we're wrapping up but no 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 you're good they're taking the time to stop by our show and right. they are our guests for the yep. day i don't care if they're dicks like right. that's not they don't we don't have to be friends i want of a course. great i want a great performance and i want them to leave the show saying we had a great time here we right. we would come back here again on a day off because ultimately that's what they're doing they could be sitting around by the pool but instead they they choose to spend their day with us so everybody gets treated like fucking royalty. Right. And that's everybody. That's Earth, Wind, and Fire or Joe Flippity Flop that you haven't heard of. Right. And so that's sort of, you know, I want everybody to be comfortable. If, uh, you know, if they start boozing, I turn to the tour manager and I go, is that okay? But that's like, that's on them. You know what I mean? If if having a, and you see it, like sometimes people need like a a shot of whiskey before they go out to warm up their vocal cords because they've been sitting around all day. Andy. That's not on (laughs) me. Andy in the band. Uh, can't right. thank you enough, by the way. Thanks How about so much, Roy. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Thank you oh, for my Susie Cakes. Real, now we got the real song fired up. Hold on a second. This is going to be good. Gary's trying right. to figure out technology here. There it is. Okay, good. Uh, Roy Hershkovitz, thank you so much for stopping thank in. You, we gentlemen. appreciate it. Eric Wheelo, thank you for joining me today as my guest co-host as the boys are gone. Uh, you and I have some dates coming up very, very soon. Oh, Yes. It'll be fun. We'll be at the Madhouse Comedy Club at the San end of Diego. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, Steve Byrne is in Huntsville, Alabama this weekend, working at Stand Up Live. Uh, we should all be back together in a couple weeks, but keep listening. Keep tweeting at us. Uh, tweet me. Uh, we have the Gentleman's Dojo t-shirts available uh, that I will send you out for free uh, by tweeting us. Uh, rate, review, like us. We're going to be on Spotify uh, in the next week, so uh, be looking for us there. Uh, thanks to All Things Comedy in our beautiful new studio here in Burbank. Uh, and we continue to be supported by them. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And Roey Hershkovitz from The Conan O'Brien Show. I've been your host, Gary Cannon. Thank you for listening. Happy Valentine's Day. Goodbye.